Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Evan Brand. I'm a board-certified holistic nutritionist as well as an online functional medicine practitioner. I help people around the world. This week in the clinic, I had clients in Saudi Arabia, South Africa, London, Australia, United States, Canada. I love my job. I'm helping people that simply just can't find help and can't find people like me that are looking at root causes. I look at mold, Lyme, Bartonella, Babesia, Auriclea, Anaplasma, Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, Epstein-Barr, Long Haul, Thyroid Issues, Autoimmune Issues, Parasites, Candida, H. pylori, Worms, Bacterial Overgrowth, Fungal Overgrowth, mycotoxins of all kinds, neurotransmitter imbalances, nutrient deficiencies. These are the things I look at all day, every day. I'm to the point now where these labs pay me to teach doctors this stuff, which I'm just so honored for the opportunity to do and give these lectures to these labs for these medical doctors that were conventionally trained. They do not teach you this stuff in medical school. So if you're looking around for a practitioner, you're looking at these prestigious places and these prestigious credentials, let me tell you, I have many friends that are medical doctors and they'll tell you straight up, I did not learn about mold and mycotoxins and neurotransmitters and how to optimize using amino acids and how to help improve liver and kidney function with specific herbs and mushrooms. They don't know that stuff. And there's nothing... I'm not against them for that. That's not their fault. It's just that if you're trying to get help with chronic health issues from the conventional world, even a conventional person that went functional, a lot of times they're still missing certain things. Now, obviously, you break your arm. There's some scary issue. You have sepsis. There's a gunshot wound. You're in a car accident. Get acute medical help immediately. And that's what we do amazing at in this country. But what we do poorly at is managing chronic disease. All we're doing is using drugs and surgery. And there's billions of dollars being made on you being sick and staying sick. So it's time to get your health better you're going to spend less money long term if you do these things I'm teaching you about now. There's a massive link between mycotoxins and hormonal issues, including breast cancer, increased risk of colon cancer, Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's disease, autism. Many other neurodegenerative issues are linked to the toxicities that I test for and that I work on removing from the body. So you're literally preventing, in some cases, yourself from turning into something worse. And I love this stuff. I mean, I just, it, it's my true passion and love. I've got several new products that we've been working on behind the scenes for literally years, and they all launched this week. So let me just riff on these and then we'll get right into this interview. So the first is a professional children's multi that doesn't have sugar in it and is not a gummy. I can't tell you how disappointing it's been for me as a father of three kids to look at the professional supplement market. When I say professional, I mean practitioner grade supplements that are generally more potent and they have better quality ingredients in them compared to a conventional store-bought multi. So for example, you're never going to find activated folate. We use what's called quatrifolic, which is a very high quality folate. You're never going to find that in a store-bought product. You're going to find folic acid. You're not going to find methylcobalamin. You're going to find cyanocobalamin. So the level of ingredients that you're getting, the quality, the potency, the purity, the bioavailability are much higher in the professional manufacturer world. These are professional manufacturers that only work with people that have healthcare credentials. Well, they will allow you to get access to these products. And so our Children's Daily just launched this week. There's two flavors. 
The Tropical Punch is phenomenal. Also, there's an orange cream, and we use xylitol and stevia. So no sugar, and it's not a gummy, it's a chewable. So if your kids can't take pills, if they want a good option in terms of a professional multi, you can check it out. We also added a couple of sprouts, which has been really cool in terms of supporting detox of chemicals and pesticides. That includes organic broccoli sprout powder. So that's a fun one. So check it out. That is the the Children's Daily at my site, Aura Roots, A-U-R-A Roots.com. Okay, for men and women, Alpha Tonic, I've been taking this stuff for six months before we launched it. It's incredible. I feel stronger than ever. I've put on probably five pounds of just, I don't want to say pure muscle because that sounds maybe false and egotistical, but I'm stronger and look like I'm pumped up like I did when I was younger. And so mold and infections cause me to lose weight and muscle, and I've built that back up with the help of using these herbs, which... You've probably heard of some of these already. So, for example, maca. Everyone's heard of maca. Maybe you've heard of tribulus before. We also have detropha and many others. So that is called alpha tonic. This is a liquid, and I call it alpha tonic, meaning that it's gonna it's a tonic effect. Okay, it's not gonna be like overnight. You know, you pack on ten pounds of pure muscle. No, but in terms of your libido, your sex drive, if you have any erectile dysfunction or just poor libido, this is going to significantly improve that. And obviously, I don't want you to just feel better. I want the women to feel better as well. And so that is passion for her. We have a female version of this with different herbs specific to female hormone balance. So PMS irritability, low sex drive, vaginal dryness, perimenopause, menopause, hot flashes, any and all of these female hormonal symptoms, which are so common in modern world, but not normal, they can be supported with the passion for her. So the men, alpha tonic, females, passion for her. You all both try the tinctures out. You'll do really, really well. And then last but not least, the most exciting thing, professional binder, in the Aura Roots brand is live. It's called Detox Pro. As you know, I've talked about many different binders, zeolites and charcoals and other blends. So we base that on similar blends on the market. It's a great product. It's a broad spectrum binder. The price per pill is actually cheaper than some of our competitors, but the quality is incredible. We also added bentonite to the formula as well. So you're getting a broad spectrum binder that's going to mop up mycotoxins, pesticides, heavy metals, etc. It's very well tolerated. It's gentle because we put some aloe vera leaf in there as well, as well as the fulvic minerals so that you're replenishing your minerals as you're using the binder. I think you'll be very happy with this formula. I've personally been taking it. My children take it. My wife take it. My brain is much more clear. Sleep is better. Energy is better because I'm removing toxins that are affecting the mitochondria, the gut, and the brain chemistry. So that is our Detox Pro, our professional binder available to all. So we'll have links in the show notes. You can also shop around on the site auraroots.com. I appreciate your support. I think you will improve your health and you will feel so good. So look forward to talking with you more about this. And for now, let's get into the show. If you need help clinically, evanbrand.com has all the site information about my functional medicine courses as well as consults. Thank you, Evan, for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Cool. So kind of before we get started, maybe you can just tell us a little bit more about, you know, how and why you got into functional medicine. Well, it's never just for fun, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's always about suffering. Well, 
I had the typical story of having digestive issues that doctors wanted to prescribe acid blockers and antispasmatic drugs for. And I knew after I got an argument with a gastro doctor about why I felt so much better on supplemental acids and enzymes. And she told me I was going to hurt myself. I knew that was the moment that I needed to give up on the conventional approach unless I broke my arm or something. And so I did not fill any prescriptions and I started looking into what kind of labs could I run outside of the conventional world to get answers? Luckily, I came across the GI map. That's where I first discovered I had H. pylori. I had crypto. I had Giardia, super common waterborne parasites. Most people have probably been exposed to it in a swimming pool. Every once in a while, you'll see an article from some news organization, like there's this big outbreak at a swimming pool and people freak out. And if you read the fine print, they'll tell you it's cryptosporidium. So these waterborne parasites you can get in most of the surface water on this planet, lakes, rivers, creeks, streams, swimming pools, et cetera. And once you get those, some people gain weight, but I lost a bunch of weight. So I lost about 25 pounds without trying. I was pretty strong. I was into bodybuilding for a while and I lost a lot of strength and a lot of weight, just kind of freaking out, thinking it was cancer or something scary because I just couldn't stop the weight loss. And then once I was able to use herbs to treat the gut infections, my weight stabilized. And then it took me a good four years or so to really get back. But now I'm knock on wood stronger than ever. Uh, but then of course, during the gut journey, my wife and I, we built a new construction house and I was an idiot and left the water hose attached to the house in the winter. And we were watering some new trees I'd planted and the water hose froze. And then that freezing water can come inside and bust in your in your pipes. And so that's what happened. And so I started to have all sorts of weird issues with dizziness and POTS. Uh, for folks that may not know POTS, it's essentially when you're having an irregular heartbeat or a change in your pulse or even a change in your blood pressure. Sometimes people pass out. Sometimes people just get tachycardia, racing heart. Sometimes it feels like palpitations. And that could just be from simply sitting up in bed or getting out of bed and standing up. You may have to kind of gather yourself there. So that really ramped up for me pretty intensely. And then one of my friends, his name's Dr. Jack Wolfson. He calls himself the paleocardiologist. He's a cool guy. Uh, he'd make a good guess too. I texted Jack one day and told him what's going on. And he just texts back one word in all caps and it said mold. And I'm like, there's no way it's brand new construction. I kind of had to go through the stages of grief and denial was the first stage. I was like, there's no way. And, but he was right. So we remediated it. We fixed it, but we were so traumatized by the experience. We had just one, one daughter at the time. I have three now. And so we decided, okay, let's get the hell out of here. So we moved on and it took several years to recover from it. I think I probably had mold already, mold toxicity from my childhood. I remember hanging out in my grandma's basement that flooded and, you know, she'd put a box fan on it and it would take two weeks to dry out. And now we know that's, that's too long. If it doesn't dry out within a couple of days, you're, you're going to have some mold growth. And she had carpet in the basement. So I probably had this stuff for a long time, but the perfect storm of tick bites, getting exposed to Lyme and co-infections stress of raising a new baby. I think it all just really took me down. And so now I really try to prioritize mold in people. I think it's the biggest epidemic out there right now. I mean, long haul COVID is huge too. I mean, there's a hundred million plus people just in the US alone that are supposed to supposedly dealing with long COVID. And uh, I just interviewed Dr. Pierre Corey on my show. He's amazing. Uh, he went on Joe Rogan's podcast and talked about ivermectin. So we did a show on ivermectin a couple of years ago that was pretty important. And now we put out a new one on long haul. And he's like, man, he's like, these numbers are so underreported. I mean, 
everyone you know has probably been exposed to this thing. So between that and mold, you know, we've got a big, big mess. So now I try to focus my efforts on just helping those people. I don't think re- people realize how drastic and how important and dangerous mold can be and, and the different kinds of molds. Can you maybe just explain why mold is so important, why it's so toxic and give people a little bit of background on just the importance of mold? Yeah, well, we've been exposed to it forever. I mean, if you go out into the woods after a heavy rain, you're going to smell some of the decomposing leaf litter. And when I was at my worst, even just going for a hike in the woods, I would get dizzy from it, which was shocking because I was thinking, okay, was this agriculture related? Because there were some farms nearby back in Kentucky that sprayed the soybean and the corn. And we know if you look at studies on how far the pesticide drift goes, it can go for miles. And so I thought, well, pretty much anywhere in the country, you're going to be within a few miles of it. So I thought, well, maybe this is just pesticide exposure. My system has been so activated now that I'm even picking up on the drift of glyphosate, for example. But then I couldn't replicate that same feeling on a dry day. So then I realized, okay, these outdoor molds, I've been, I kind of poo-pooed that idea when someone says like, I have outdoor allergies. I'm like, oh, whatever. Like that's not that just means your bucket's full and and you can't handle the outdoor environment, right? Our ancestors, they're not ha- they don't have anywhere to hide from the outdoors. We lived outdoors. That was our whole life. And so this idea that all of a sudden the outdoors could be a problem didn't make sense to me. But when your internal mold bucket is so full, when you've been breathing in indoor molds, they're totally different and they have totally different toxicity than what you're going to see in outdoor molds. So you have cladosporium and many other soil-based molds. So if you have a lot of indoor house plants, which I did, you can bring outdoor molds in and sometimes those create problems, but the internal, the inside the building molds, those create more issues. So we're talking things like aspergillus, we're talking fusarium, chaetomium, stachybotrys is the infamous black mold. So these different species of mold they can't bite each other. So when you have a plumbing leak and it doesn't dry out quick enough, aspergillus will probably be the first to grow. It looks kind of white and fuzzy. So it's not that typical ugly black stuff you're thinking. It's typically very faint. It may be mistaken for dust under your kitchen cabinets when you look down there. And because they can't bite, they off-gas, think of it as a mold fart, they off-gas these mycotoxins. So mycotoxins are really what make you sick. It's not the mold itself, it's the mycotoxins they produce. And so these are very small. They're 50 times smaller than a mold spore. So on the size of a postage stamp, you could have a million spores. So then you multiply that by how many mycotoxins come from those. It's and these are incredibly small. So they can get across the blood-brain barrier. So they can cause all sorts of issues with even Alzheimer's and dementia. I gave a talk recently for Mosaic. Uh, They used to be Great Plains Lab, but they just got bought out by Mosaic. And Mm so uh, Mosaic runs the organic acid and the mycotoxin urine test, which I love and I run on every single client. And so I gave a talk on this and also a guy named Dale Bredesen. He's an MD who's been talking about, I think he wrote a book called The End of Alzheimer's. So he's now even kind of raising the flag and saying, hey, look, I think mold is the big trigger for Alzheimer's now. And so I see it a lot because if you look up these specific mycotoxins, so for example, aspergillus makes a mycotoxin called ochratoxin, and that's what you'll see a lot of if you start testing. 
Well, ochratoxin damages the cerebellum, and this is the part of the brain that is responsible for your coordination, your proprioception. Where do you put your feet in space? And so when you think about your aging parents or grandparents that are having issues where they're falling, they break a hip, I mean, it's the end of them in some cases. And so when we look at these people, I've tested many in their 70s, all these people are off the charts with ochratoxin, and many of them have already had some neurodegenerative diagnosis already. And the neurologist is not going to recognize this and they're not going to test you for these toxins. So it's super important if you care about your brain, you care about your parents' brain, you run these tests because the vast majority of people are going to show up with something. And so they get stored in your body. So yes, they can cross the blood-brain barrier and get in that way. They can also cr cross and create leaky gut. So, you know, you have all these nutrition people saying, just eat this and don't eat that. And you're going to heal your gut. And it sounds really sexy, but it's not that simple because these mycotoxins will bust open the gut barrier. So no matter how much bone broth and collagen you're taking, the mycotoxins will basically reverse that, or just maybe you'll break even with your gut health. And you have to use binders to pull these things out. But that's, that's the long story short of it, which is that we use indoor plumbing. EPA estimates 50% of all residential buildings have water damage. They estimate 85% of all commercial buildings have water damage. That's a huge number. And if you genetically are not detoxing well and or you already have pre-existing conditions, maybe you've got diabetes or maybe you are suffering from long haul or you have thyroid issues or you have some other immune problem, some autoimmune disease, maybe you've got Hashimoto's and then you throw mold into the mix. Well, now you've got this recipe for disaster where your immune system will be so chronically suppressed that it's not that you're going to have ups and downs. You're just going to be down all the time. So this is where the depression, the anxiety, the chronic fatigue comes in. The sex drive goes out the window because who the hell wants to have sex when you're so exhausted? So libido crashes, marriage falls apart because the husband doesn't believe the wife, thinks she's crazy. And so then they get divorced. Now you got kids growing up with no dad. So that's how it turns into a mess, all from a simple leak in your kitchen. So true. So good. Like soaking that information up right now. There's a lot in what you just said. Yeah. And we didn't even touch on the hormone piece. So these mycotoxins, not only are they neurotoxic, so they're affecting the brain. Also, they affect the part of the brain that makes dopamine. And I've tested 3000 plus people. Everyone has low dopamine, kids included. So that's why, you know, yesterday, my wife and I, we were out walking, we went past this ice cream shop by the beach. And we see probably eight, nine, 10 teenagers all sitting on these little Adirondack chairs in front of the place. They're all on their phones, scrolling on TikTok the entire time. None of them are talking to each other. They're just trying to get this hit, this digital morphine. And I'm not saying mold is the cause of everything, but I've seen enough teenagers to say when those kids have mycotoxins, we know that's directly depleting their dopamine level. So now they're going into life totally, totally not motivated. They're not willing to work. They don't want to try hard. They just have no they're just apathetic. And so some of that is due to this apathy caused by the neurotransmitter issues. And then you throw in the hormone piece. So not only are they carcinogenic, so they can cause liver cancer, it can affect the brain, but then they're also very, very estrogenic. So if you are coaching people on, say, getting rid of soy, because you're like, oh my God, soy, estrogenic, bad. Well, these mycotoxins are way more estrogenic than anything you're going to get from your diet. And so these women that have estrogen dominant symptoms, they're going to have terrible menopausal symptoms. If they're still menstruating, they're going to have terrible PMS. They could have bleeding in between their periods. They could have heavy clotting, heavy bleeding. Of course, then that turns into anemia. 
which then that turns into more hair loss and then more anxiety and then shortness of breath. So you see how this whole thing gets out of control. And if you're just zooming in on one symptom, you'll miss the boat. Absolutely. So a lot of different angles, not just the nutrition aspect, um, but yeah, mold, mold seems to be kind of the root cause um, to kind of perpetuate a lot of these different symptoms, um, including hormonal health. And, you know, I think that's interesting because a lot of, a lot of us have, kind of normalize these PMS symptoms and low libido and like, oh, that, you know, that's, that's normal. But in, in, in reality, it's actually not normal, right? Yeah. I mean, if you look at tribal societies, cause I was curious about this, cause you know, you, I ask all women on my intake form, it's probably 80, 90% of my practice is probably females 40 and up. And I have a lot of children too, though. So I can't, it's hard. I can't keep up with the numbers. Let's just say this. I work with a lot of children. They have a lot of issues. It's kind of scary. Kids below 10 are more toxic than people in their 70s, you know, looking at chemicals, mycotoxins, et cetera. The most toxic people on planet Earth right now are children below age 10. But I still see a fair share of women, you know, 40 and up who have these hormonal symptoms as well. And they've already been to maybe an endocrinologist or maybe a more holistic practitioner where they've been put on some bioidenticals. But the problem is, if you have mold, you likely have dysbiosis because mold promotes bacterial overgrowth. And when you have bacterial overgrowth, that affects an enzyme in the body called glucuronidase. And you can measure that on the stool. And so often this enzyme is high. When that enzyme is high, that means you're recirculating these toxins, causing more damage to your organs, your kidneys especially. And then also if you're throwing in bioidenticals, now you could be overdosing because now you're recirculating all the hormones too, because they're not getting excreted the way they normally should. So now you've got to go fix that glucuronidation pathway. And, you know, many of these women, they have had previous cancers and a lot of it breast cancer. And we know that's related too. So this is, it's a mess and it sounds overwhelming, but it's really not that hard. A lot of these things will self-correct once you get the toxins out. I have every single woman on some sort of adaptogenic herb, some sort of blend, Um, But yeah, back to your question about like normalizing this stuff. Well, yeah. So hunter gatherers on average, they have sex nine times per week. I don't know any American having sex nine times per week. (laughs) Maybe in a new new relationship. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. In in the lust phase, maybe, you know, so, but, you know, I have a lot of friends that are, that are in their forties and fifties and they tell me they can't find a guy in their forties or fifties who can even maintain or get a good erection. So that's an issue too. And the mechanism there is related to blood flow, of course, right? You see Viagra and Cialis and these other pharmaceuticals being sold for, you know, these boner pills. And the mechanism is mold affects nitric oxide production. So when I was at my worst, I had cold hands, I had cold feet, my erections weren't gone, but they were weaker than they should be. And that was a symptom that, hey, there's an issue with blood flow here. I mean, my hands, I was almost embarrassed to shake people's hands. Like my hands would be freezing. And now I don't have that issue anymore because I've done so much work to try to get my blood healthy. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> no, you yeah. don't hear that. I mean, you hear all this other, yeah, the bioidentical hormones and, you know, taking the Viagra. And these are kind of all more Band-Aid approaches um, when in reality it should be kind of looking at gut health and and mold exposure and kind of getting to that aspect of things to kind of fix what's going on. Yeah, well, let's role play for a second. So you go to the neurologist and maybe they put you on who knows, levodopa or something, right? If they suspect you've got a neurodegenerative problem. And then you go to psychiatrist and for the anxiety, depression, they put you on Lexapro, which Lexapro kills sex drive. 
So then you go to your GI for the reflux. So now you're on a proton pump inhibitor. And then you go to the dermatologist because a lot of people who have mold exposure have skin issues because it'll promote candida and yeast and fungal. So now you'll have some sort of steroid topical, or maybe you have some other immune modulating drug for your skin issues. And then the hormone doctors got you on hormones and then your husband can't get a good erection. So now he's on Viagra and you know, you're on this like pharmaceutical party and you're not fixing any of the toxicity. So you stay on that stuff for 20 years and then out of nowhere, cancer, oh my God, cancer. It's like, you really shouldn't be surprised when you look at the amount of toxicity I see, the cancer rates don't surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I was at church yesterday and one of the guys playing music, he was given a, he was given like a little prayers slash sermon while he was playing. And, and he was talking about all these kids and how he was going to be volunteering for the week and, and supporting all these kids and all these families with cancer and just playing music for him. And I thought, well, that's cool, but I probably need to show up there. So I didn't catch the guy in time to figure out like, I need to barge in and tell these people, hey, let's run these tests on these kids. Because you know, in these oncology departments, they're not testing these kids for mold. They're putting them on chemo and radiation. And, you know, you see the the little sad image of these kids that are bald, you know, hugging the teddy bear in the hospital bed, but they have no clue. Mm. Maybe, their, maybe their mother had mold. And we know that mycotoxins go across the placenta and it goes through breast milk as well. So, and I've seen one-year-old children off the charts with mold toxin levels extremely high. And so that's really the conversation that should be had, but there's just not a ton of money in this. I mean, maybe there's 30 bucks you could make here and there on a binder. So, I mean, there's not, unless you're selling massive volume, there's not millions to be made off of a detox support like that. Whereas chemo, those are some of the most highly marked up drugs of all time. Some estimate they're 10,000 times markup. So, you know, you could buy a vial wholesale of chemo for a dollar and sell it to a chemo patient that's dying for 10 grand. So, I mean, this happens all day, every day. There's just not the financial incentive to really push people this direction. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And what I hear you say, Evan, is gut health is so critical, but we even almost miss the boat if we're just going to go in and fix the gut, but we didn't fix the mold because we'll be right back to where where we are because you hear about gut health gut health and we all know and the people sitting here know the the severity of if you're not fixing your gut health but it could be a vicious cycle if you're not getting the mold fix should be right back where you started yeah pretty much and i figured this out just by failing right i don't want to you know have you perceive me as the all-knowing i just i figured this out because i had a thousand plus cases under my belt already and i was seeing all these people that were relapsing and so we'd have them on these good protocols i formulated several antimicrobial blends and so we'd rotate through these herbs we'd fix their gut everything's great for a good three six months maybe we retest everything looks fine and then they reach back out and they're like hey i'm in trouble again yeah the thrush came back, the candida came back, these vaginal yeast infections came back, UTIs came back. What do we do now? And I'd say, okay, well, we'll rotate to this. We'll hit this. We'll hit this now. Maybe we'll throw in some extra biofilm support or extra this or extra that. And then I got whacked over the head with the mold. And then it was like, ding dong, there it is. And so now when you go back and you look at these people that had these recurrent gut issues, you look back, they all have mold. Yeah, that's powerful. Really powerful. I don't think there's any client, even for mine, because um, I I work with a, a nurse practitioner and we test on everybody for mold. And I don't think there's anybody that comes back without mold. Like everybody has mold. Yeah. And, and even if they, and, and here's the thing about the testing, right? The testing is not perfect. So even if someone quote comes back with no mold, 
Well, it could be that they're so toxic and so bad at excreting that you didn't even see it and it's there. And sometimes you'll retest those people a few months later. Now, all of a sudden, they have mold coming out. Because I've seen tests that show up zero, 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 zero. And we're like, hmm, they got nothing. Good for you. And then I'm like, but I don't believe it. So let's give you some glutathione and binders. And then maybe if they're willing to spend the money, we'll retest next year. And then boom, off the charts. Yeah. Even though there's no new exposure, they're not living anywhere different. You know, we spend so much time indoors. I mean, I try to be really good about my schedule. Like this morning, I was out for an hour and a half or so out swimming. So I try to practice what I preach and be outside and swim as much as possible and be out in nature as much as possible. But I mean, I still work. I still work indoors. So that's the hard part is we spend so much more of our time now than even just our grandparents. You know, the agrarian lifestyle is gone. I think 1% of Americans are farmers now or less than 1%. Whereas in the turn of the century in 1900, it was a vast majority were farmers. So even if your grandma's old moldy farmhouse was an issue, you're only in it at night and you're outside all day. Now you're inside 24-7, most people. And you most likely had your windows open back then when you you were inside. For sure. Yeah. You had no air conditioning back then. (laughs) Yeah. So you had a box fan is what my grandma told me in the old farmhouse. He had a fan on one side and they created a wind tunnel. Yeah. Which is good. You know, because you were diluting whatever was in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wacky how things have changed so quickly in just the last hundred years, even just the last 50 years. Yeah. So would you, so just going back real quick to like the whole dopamine thing and the hormone um, aspect of it. So the big player then in our kind of low libidos and hormonal issues, especially as we're getting older, has a lot to do with dopamine. Yeah, dopamine's a piece of it, right? So dopamine is going to help you with drive, motivation, concentration, energy. I mean, some would argue serotonin may have a bigger impact on libido. So you're often going to see low serotonin in these females as well, because a lot of serotonin is going to be depleted when you have gut bugs. So anytime we see gut dysbiosis, serotonin appears to be low on paper. And so that's where the irritability comes in, the anxiety, the rage. You know, I interviewed uh, Anna Kabeca. She's an OBGYN. I interviewed her years ago and she said, if you hate your husband for two weeks out of the month, it's your hormones, not your husband. And so I really took that to heart because I look at these women who it appears that everything's okay and then they crash. Everything's okay, then they crash. And so if you look at the cycle, if you can smooth out that cycle a little bit, libido can come back online. Also, if they're just chronically stressed and depleted, I mean, Mm -hmm. sex is kind of a, a luxury to the, to the nervous system, right? I mean, if you're getting chased from a bear, even though it's not a real bear, it's, uh, a loan you're working on for a new house or a deadline you've got for a presentation or kids that are making you go to all these different sporting events or something, you know, just that amount of pressure on the nervous system. Hunter gatherers only worked on average 18 hours a week, you know, and that was like, once again, outdoor physical and nature listening to the birds. So, you know, if you're 40 hours plus kids, plus obligations, plus bills, plus whatever, you know, it's easy to see how quickly you get stuck in sympathetic overdrive and that's not conducive to arousal. So some of it is trying to like change their lifestyle a bit. I'm not saying everybody could just sit back and get, you know, spoon fed pineapple or something by hot guys at the beach. But, you know, I think there's got to be some breaking point, especially for women to where you just have to get miserable enough to change. I find this go, go, go attitude. I don't know what it's like around the world. If it's different European 
clients seem to get it. Like I have some clients in Finland, Norway, Sweden, they seem to get it a little more, but Americans, it's like these women are just going to pound the pavement until they crash and burn. So eventually that's what I tell people. You have to get miserable enough to listen and you're just going to have to restructure your life. I mean, I was at a point of burnout myself. That's why I don't see or do any calls before 11 AM now. Mm. I had to, I just had to put that in because I, I, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm not doing well, then my wife's not doing well, then the kids aren't doing well and the whole thing falls apart. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Um, so, okay. So what does normal, like what would, let's say then you, you go through your gut protocol, you detox the mold, et cetera. Then what would a normal kind of, you know, symptoms, PMS, like, does that go away? You know, what does that normal look like physically? Well, I mean, I've got tons of case studies I could tell you about, but I think you resonate more about personal stories. So like my wife, my wife, she had, when we first got together, we've been together 15 years. So when she first got with me, we had all sorts of issues to work through with her skin. So her skin was a mess. So we fixed that. And then the gut was a mess. So then we fixed that. And then it became the hormones, probably after having three kids. I mean, there's huge hormonal shifts there. And then it was the mold. And then she had tick bites as well. And so her period was pretty miserable for a while. Now her period sneaks up on her. It's like, oh, it's here. So that's what should happen. It, it should pretty much be like you go sit down to pee and then, oh, I'm bleeding. That's amazing. That's really what you want. And that's what you should expect. But I mean, when she was younger, I mean, she when she was in school, I mean, she would have to skip a day or two of school just because the cramping was so bad. That's common, but not normal. So you'll see these girls taking um, Excedrin and other maybe over the counter things, mydol, some of these others to help, but it's not a deficiency of that stuff. Mm. So uh, that that's a big thing. And then also, if these are mothers, you know, when you're pregnant, your placenta makes a massive amount of DAO, and DAO is the enzyme that breaks down histamine. So this is why so many women have that glow and they feel look so good and everything seems okay while they're pregnant. It's because you have so much DAO production, but as soon as you pop that baby out and the placenta comes right after you lose all that. And so that's when all these histamine issues come in too. So you'll see these women that not only have PMS, but then they also have the histamine intolerance as well. So now they're super limited on food. They can't react well to alcohol, et cetera. And that just tells us there's there's an extra need for support there. So sometimes we can even come in and do topical progesterone and try to help calm things down a bit. But a lot of these hormonal issues, I, I think have a role in histamine and mast cells. So mm -hmm. because mold really pisses off the mast cells, M-A-S-T. So if you have mast cell activation, that just means that your immune system has gone haywire and you're now just a, a loaded gun with a really sensitive trigger. So perfumes could set you off, car exhaust could set you off, cigarette smoke could set you off. And that's a scary place to be. I was there. I had major mast cell issues for a while. Yeah, likewise, massive skin skin rashes all over the uh, body, food sensitivities, uh, just crazy. Yep. So you got to calm that down. I mean, so we'll come in and use, like I have a formula called histamine and mast cell support. It's got some perea leaf in it. It's got gaduchi, tenospora, it's got quercetin. So we'll come in and use nutrients to try to patch up the mast cell to get it to calm down, to buy some relief, you know, while we're getting people detoxed. But, you know, that's the art of this whole thing is trying to integrate what tool at what time, because if you just go take a bunch of binders, you could make yourself worse. Just for fun, I took maybe six or eight capsules of a binder that you normally only take one or two of. And I was dizzy for like two or three days. Wow. So then I thought, okay, 
there is too much of a good thing here. So you got to kind of slowly and steadily chip this thing away. You can't, if somebody sells you on this deal idea of like 21 day detox, like just flick them off because they're wrong. There's no way. It takes a year minimum to really reverse something at the level I'm talking about, the level of severity where you have mycotoxins that high. Like if somebody's like, hey, we're going to fix it in two weeks, three weeks. No, no freaking way. Yeah. It's impossible. Even the best protocols, I mean, and I think I'm putting together some pretty good protocols because I've seen conventional medical doctors detox protocols and mine look better. Even the fastest I could get someone totally resolved would be like a year. Now, it doesn't mean you have to be miserable for a year. It just means for you to look good and feel amazing, I'd say a year minimum. But if you've had this stuff for four years or 40 years, there's going to be a longer timeline. So, you know, you try to set realistic expectations for these people because you'll follow up with them like, six weeks in or maybe two, three months in, they're like, Hey, how much longer do I have to take these supplements? It's like, you're 47. You told me about mold exposure at age seven. So you've had 40 years of toxicity and you're six weeks in, it's going to take a little longer. Yeah. 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 Well, we, we say the same thing to our clients when you're, when you're trying to, you know, implement healthy lifestyles, you know, it's, it's, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon and you've got to start slow and low and just keep chipping away at it. Right. That's right. Yeah. And you know, the sinuses are part of this too. So the sinuses often get affected and you have sinus mm -hmm. colonization. So we often use antifungal nasal sprays. We use some herbals up the nose that really helps a lot. And breast implants too. Those are a huge problems. So I see tons of women that have breast implant illness. I had a a client who we actually did an interview with a couple of years ago, she had like 90 something symptoms and we looked at her organic acid and she was off the charts with mold colonization. And on my intake form, I asked about implants. She had them. Luckily I convinced her to get rid of them. She found the next plant surgeon who specialized in that. And I'm actually going to interview a guy soon. It'll be cool. His name's Dr. Whitfield. So he's, I think he's done either a thousand or 10,000, some crazy number enough to where I was like, yeah, I want to talk to this guy. He's done a massive number of explants. But anyway, long story short, this woman, she got her implants removed, like 70 of her 90 symptoms went away. Wow. Wow. <sighs> so it's, it's not really, if they're going to be a problem, it's when are they going to be a problem? Now I have some clients that just flat out tell me they're not getting rid of them. Maybe they've already had a mastectomy because they have, you know, a, a breast cancer risk or something, you know, they, they've already had tissue removed. And so they're like, I'm not going to be flat chested. I'm like, okay, but I can only get you so far. I'm going to get you as far as I can. And then just look the other way. Yeah. What yeah. are some of the other lifestyle interventions um, that you recommend as, as part of your detox protocol? Yeah. Well, it's cheap and easy to test for this stuff. So if you suspect your office, your home, your kid's school, daycare, if you suspect there's an issue there, if you feel off, you sense it. I mean, I can tell you in 30 seconds if I'm in a building whether it's got mold or not. I mean, I'm super mm -hmm. sensitized to it, which is a blessing and a curse. Mm -hmm. But you can do these Petri dishes for about three bucks a pop and they're great. And they give you a good health score. You can see not only how much is growing, how many colonies, but you can see what so that's that's an easy place to start. And there's different companies that that have them. Um, if you just look up evanbrand.com slash Petri, like P-E-T-R-I, that's a link. That'll take you to a company I use. You can't beat $3. Now, yeah. if you want to pay the lab, you could do like 30-ish dollars to get the lab analysis, and it's probably worth it. Yeah. I mean- I just did that, Evan, and it was, it was an amazing, it was easy. 
It was just yeah. easy to get putting them putting them out there and and got the lab analysis and all the information. Yeah, it's worth it. And and this stuff is fixable too. So I mean, what I'm describing could get pretty dark and deep quick because there's so many different pieces involved, right? You've got the brain piece, the gut, the hormones, the sleep, the sex drive, right? So you're like, how do I tackle all of this? But you know, if you assume that your environment's good and you don't test it, that's a problem because if you're spending money on this protocol, I want to know that you're going to get better. So yeah. I try to push everyone to at least do it once just so we can see, okay, great. Your master bedroom's fine. Cool. I know you're not getting exposed at night. Wonderful. Cars, cars can be an issue too. Mercedes did a recall. I need to look up the number because I've said this before and I don't remember the exact number, but I want to say it was 2 million Mercedes that were recalled for mold growing in the HVAC system. And so they did like this big settlement about it. Uh, Yeah, it was, yeah, top class actions has the the inside. Yeah, it was 2.5 million vehicles. Yeah. And you would never think of that. No. Yeah, exactly. And these mold testing, indoor mold testing, Evan, um, how often do we do it? Like I did it about, I want to say about four years ago. Um, So personally for me, how I haven't done it after. So, Well, I mean, if you've had no water events, meaning no busted pipes, no toilet leaks, you know, you assume everything's the same, like you haven't had an air conditioning leak or something like that, then- you're probably fine, but where do you live? Colorado. Okay. Well, I mean, it kind of depends on like your indoor air quality and your humidity too. I mean, some houses, even in Colorado where it's supposedly drier, I still see lots of mold. So I'd say it's less than a couple hundred bucks. Why not do it again? Do it again. Yeah. Makes sense. Just so you sleep well at night. You yeah. Know? yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's, it's worth the peace of mind. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You know, people will spend a thousand bucks on the new iPhone and then I'll tell them they need to spend 200 to test their house for something that could be killing their entire family. And they're like, uh, let me talk to my husband. It's like, yeah. you got a $400 yeah. Apple watch on. What do you mean? Yeah. Or, or, or even worse, Starbucks. What is your, what's your monthly Starbucks bill? We could do, right. really see some benefit. You get rid of the Starbucks and pay for the mold, uh, toxicity removal. For sure. Right. Awesome. Well, does anybody have any other questions before we kind of wrap up? I have a a quick question as it relates to, we talked a lot about being exposed to mold in your environment. Um, What about in your foods? Are there top foods that you say, wow, really keep your eye on these or practices with your foods that we should be mindful of? Yeah. I had a woman a few weeks ago, uh, she was in Canada and she had shortness of breath. And so we thought, hmm, Maybe it's anemia. Let me take a look at your blood work. Her ferritin was a bit low. So we thought, okay, maybe it's related to ferritin. And then we looked at her gut. I'm like, okay, there's some issues there. Then we looked at her mold. And I was like, man, you're off the charts. It's probably mold. So we started using binders on her and she started doing better. But it wasn't until she cut out the coffee. It was organic, but it wasn't until she cut that out, all of a sudden she could breathe again. And so it is true that dietary mold exposure happens. It's probably a smaller percentage than you think because you're breathing on average 20,000 times a day. You're eating and drinking, what, five, six times a day? So the number of times you get exposed is smaller per day than breathing. But I still think like moldy coffee, moldy chocolate, moldy grains could be an issue. So I don't drink coffee. My wife does, but you know, I tell her she'll feel better without it, but she don't listen. So I think the food stuff you could worry about, but 
overall, if you're eating, quote, whole foods, you're eating animal-based, you're eating carnivore, I mean, any kind of flavor of of good eating, you're probably going to be fine. I think that's why so many people feel better if they're doing like paleo or a lower carb or even keto because they've cut out all the grains that could have been contaminated with mold. So for example, corn. Corn is massively contaminated with fusarium, which contains zearolinone, which is highly estrogenic. So just by getting rid of corn, many people feel better. Mm. I just feel better. The grain. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, And I love, like if I could eat some organic blue corn chips, you know, I would, but like they're a histamine trigger too. So if I'm going to do them, it's going to be a treat. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Okay. Well, is there any, anything else that you want to add then um, before we wrap up then Evan uh, on your side or. I would just tell people to get some data. If you haven't run this stuff, look at your environment. It's not expensive to do and run some urine and, and measure this stuff and take a look and see what you're up against. Because what you don't want to do is wait until you get some scary diagnosis. Yeah. And now you're trying to go backwards and you're like, well, now I'm here. What do I do? It's like, well, you should have done that 10 years ago. Yeah. I had a guy in Canada. He 75 years old. Awesome guy. One of my favorite, just one of those like wise men that just, I mean, everything he says is just so smart. Like you just, everything he says to me, I just soak it up. Uh, Really cool guy. And he had chronic kidney disease and his nephrologist, the kidney doctor says, well, you should prepare for a kidney transplant, try to get on the list and get ready for dialysis. And he didn't want to hear that because he's too active. He likes to, you know, play golf and go hiking or whatever. I'm like, okay, let's see what we can do. So we previously worked on his daughter. She was in her forties and she had mold. So we thought, well, maybe he has it too. So let's look at him. Well, of course he's off the charts for mold. And we start detoxing him, put a protocol together, which I thought looked good. We also added a bunch of kidney support, everything I could think of for kidneys, certain mushrooms, certain herbs, astragalus, many other nutrients for kidneys. And so then he gets his follow-up blood work. And for the first time in years, his GFR, the filtration rate that shows the kidney function, it was in the 40s, which is terrible. He went at at least 60. It was in the 40s. And the number started to spike. And you know how on your blood work, you see little graphs over time. They'll show you your previous years and such. Well, his graph was just crashing, crashing, crashing. And all of a sudden, boom, there's this spike in kidney function. So the, the kidney doctor says, well, this must be an anomaly. You know, there must be some issue with the lab or, or processing of your sample. This is impossible. This is a progressive disease, da, da, da. And so I'm like, okay, screw her. Keep listening to me. Follow me for a few more months. Let me just keep an eye on you. Let's throw this in and bump this up. We'll really make her, you know, surprised. Mm -hmm. And so we run the blood again a few months later and the number's even higher. Now this guy's back into normal kidney function. He's now, his GFR is in the 60s. His normal kidney function, his kidney doctor has no interest in learning what he did, how he did it at all. She's just like, whatever you're doing, it's working. Good job. It's like, (laughs) how rude. You just threatened this dude with needing a kidney transplant, which is sometimes a death sentence for how long those wait lists and stuff are for organs. Like, how dare you? But they, that's just the way it works. And so it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful graph because now we can see this dude, his kidney function is recovering. So uh, I would just tell people that whatever you've been labeled, there's probably something underneath that. And you shouldn't own that label. You know, the medical system in general is pretty disempowering. And, you know, you sit in that office and the fluorescent lighting and the old magazines and the 
hand sanitizer and the Kleenex next to you and you're just sitting there waiting for this magical healer to come and they're not going to come save you at all. They're going to wait until you have something wrong enough to where they can cut something out of you or, you know, burn you or poison you with radiation or cut something out of you. So I would just put your fist up to the air and just, you got to charge on. Now this is hard to do because that requires a certain personality and many people, they weren't raised that way. They were raised, just trust the system and just let the system help you and save you when you need help. But they're not coming to save you. So you're going to have to muster up the strength, whether that's through God, prayer, worship, whatever you can do, you're going to have to summon the strength to, to fight through this thing. Because if that guy wouldn't have taken his daughter's advice to get a second opinion and call me up, he never would have had that urine test run. He would have no idea. He mm -hmm. didn't, he'd probably be on dialysis right now, mm -hmm. sitting yeah, in there that. getting his blood filtered. It's like, what a life. Yeah. What is a there a, is the urine test you mentioned, is that something that a consumer could access on their own? I think so. There's a lot more companies now putting out like, I guess you would call it uh lab to direct consumer type. Now years it was through practitioners only, but now there's some other companies that are kind of, I guess, pulling the chains off to where you can get it on your own. So yeah, there's, there's several out there. Uh, I still sell labs directly to my clients just because when it has my name on it, they listen to me better. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, the, the people can go get stuff on their own in most cases. Could talk Good. to you for hours. <laughs> there is so much to talk about mold, right? I mean, this was a great um, knowledge that you shared with people, but we can talk about mold for hours. Oh, it's yeah, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, it's everywhere you go and, you know, it's amazing. I, so the builder here, uh, that built our house in Florida. Well, long story, we bought a house. It was too close to a busy road. So we sold that one, got a different one. So anyway, the first house that we were in, really good builder, just amazing guy. And so I went and toured some of his other spec homes that he was building. And he had this really fancy roof design on one of these houses and brand new house and the roof was leaking. And there was just issues with water all over this house. And it was $3.8 million dollars. So this idea that mold is like someone living in a trailer home yeah. can't be further from the truth. Mm. I had a woman in Oregon. She had close to two and a half million in her home. And it was the moldiest thing you've ever seen. Mm. And I told her she's got to get out of there. And her husband said that she's crazy and this guy's just a quack. And they stayed in there. And so who knows? And that's sad. Cause yeah, the mold, yeah, mold doesn't discriminate. Yeah, and mold doesn't discriminate, and mold doesn't discriminate even by states. Like even though Colorado is so dry, right? I know a friend who had issues with asthma and stuff, and she got her house tested, and she literally had to gut her entire house and rebuild it because there was so much mold. Yeah, yeah. Even here in Florida, you know, a lot of the air conditioning units are in the attic, and so like my current house here. Uh, it wasn't getting enough airflow. And so there was condensation building up in the return duct. And so that was dripping down in the attic. And so my daughter woke me up and said, daddy, there's a puddle in my my bathroom. And so sure enough, it was coming through the ceiling, brand new house down here too. And so, yeah, so it's, it follows you. It's, yeah. it'll haunt you, but you just got to stay on top of it. And so, you know, I would recommend you put water alarms everywhere. You could buy those from like Amazon, Lowe's, um, water yeah. alarms. Yeah, that's what we have them connected to our security system. Oh, and really? Okay. They're cool, little, cool. little tiny little bugs that you can put. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I don't have anything. 
I don't have anything that fancy. These are just little like s- rectangles that just beep yeah. at you real loud if they get moisture on them. Yeah, like you thing. could yeah. like you could lick your finger. I mean, just uh-huh. a tiny bit of moisture and they'll go off. Yeah. Yeah. Now we have those all over. That's how we feel. I mean, our sink was leaking just a few weeks ago. We had one under the sink, brand new faucet in there. Sure enough, beep, beep, beep. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Why is this beeping? And you go under there and sure enough, there's a puddle under the sink. I thought, you got to be kidding me. So luckily we fixed it, caught it quick, dried it out, replaced the faucet. But it's like, you got to be on top of your game. You got to be just diligent. But that's so cool to have that because you're not going to see it. Like if it's, no way. you know, you, there's no way you're going to see it if it's in your attic or, you know, or under the sink, you know? Yeah. Luckily. Yeah. So I have, I have it in the attic too. So now like if that goes off again, I can run up there and catch it right. before it goes on the drywall and comes through the ceiling again. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I've never heard of those. That Those are, that's great. Those yeah. It's not, better. you're talking like five bucks a piece or something, you know, it's not crazy. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Right. I'm buying those today. You should. <laughs> yeah. Like a whole list of things. Yeah. <laughs> you should. First and foremost to get on your podcast and, and look yeah. at your better bellies and some of your, some of your stuff. That's fantastic. Can't wait. Yeah, to actually, um, I actually had a guy, I don't know if he's finished yet. If you go, yeah, it should work. If you go to betterbellycourse.com, it should show up. I had a guy build me a new sales page because I built my first one and his his looks better. So if you check out the betterbellycourse.com, you can check it out. It's a cool one. And then also, I think I told Kim before, um, but I also do affiliate programs for it too. So if you all have clients or anybody else that you want to just say, hey, here's a good resource for you, you could let me know and we can put you in as an affiliate. And you know, I have some friends that are making 60000 a year just from promoting the course. Yeah. And Absolutely. I've done, I've signed up, I've, I've done the course. So yeah, it's really beneficial to be able to read your own GI map and your own organic acids, you know, and just have that again. And you mentioned it in the podcast, empowering people to, to be able to take care of themselves. And um, so, yeah, it was, and it's very, I love that it's, it's not like long and drawn out and it takes forever and it, it's like short and sweet to the point and which was fantastic because yeah, um, and I put like, new stuff in there too. As I see the need, or if people request it, I'll put new talks in there. Like I put, I think I put like a hormone mold talk in there recently. Okay. Yeah, awesome. I'm trying to build a like a libido course. Huh? I'm calling yeah. it the Passion Project. Yeah. But uh, I got distracted with the long haul course, so that's way uh-huh. harder, way more intense. So I'm building the long haul course first, and then I'll do the Passion Project next. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Because a lot of women, you know, they're just like, yeah, I have no sex drive, no sex period, but that's the least of my worries. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So I'm going to just focus on the long haul first and then help those people. Mm. Well, and right now there's that whole push where all they're doing is using pellets and other things to try to overcome all of that versus maybe finding the root cause of what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just simple, not enough time with each other. I mean, my wife and I, we're, we're, we're clingy. I mean, we're together so often and like just around town here, every woman I see is alone. They're never with their male partner. I'm like, how are you going to have any buildup of passion if you're never together? Yeah. I don't know. There's going to be ask them, on their phone. <laughs> yeah. And when you ask them like, you know, I asked a woman the other day, I was asking her like, uh, you know, how many times a day do you kiss? How many times a day do you hug? And she's like, no, we don't kiss. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, at That's all? That's called play. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know. It's kind of shocking. Yeah. 
Cool. So some so more more forthcoming on that. I'll talk to you all about that anytime. But okay. Yeah, we might have to have a podcast just on that once you get going there. I'm, I'm yeah, game. definitely. Like, yeah, there's so much for, for now. It's the long haul stuff because long haul. Uh, what's what's happening is anybody who had pre existing neurodegenerative issues now uh, COVID and or the vaccine is rapidly accelerating all of it. So if you just put in like COVID vaccine dementia, you'll see that anybody who already had some sort of brain issue, they're now rapidly advancing their dementia into severe dementia in no time. Mm. Well, thanks very much, Evan. We appreciate your time today. And it was, yeah, really awesome to hear all your wisdom about gut health and, and mold and, and hormones. And yeah, I just want to remind our viewers to to go ahead and, and like or share our um, our podcast on YouTube or Spotify. And we'd appreciate the support. And yeah, once again, thanks again, Evan. And and we'll we'll chat again soon. All right. I hope you enjoyed that show. As I mentioned in the beginning, check out AuraRoots.com. I would love for you to try out the Alpha Tonic for men, the Passion for Her tincture. Help support and optimize your hormones. My wife, as well as many other women, have told me this tincture absolutely rocks their socks off in regards to not having PMS leading up to the cycle, having less cramping to no cramping, smooth bleeding cycle, so no excessive cramping, bleeding, etc. Less fatigue after the cycle, better sex drive, better mood, better energy, better outlook, better sleep. What more could you ask for? So that's stacked with the binders at night. The Detox Pro before bed is typically what I recommend on all of my consults with clients, and it goes really well. So that's the Detox Pro. That's the full-spectrum binder with the zeolite, charcoal, aloe vera, and more. So check it out, and I'll be talking to you again real soon. Evanbrand.com. If you want to look at the courses, we just built an entire new page dedicated to Better Belly. So that's a really fun and beautiful betterbellycourse.com. If you want to learn more to where you can take your gut health and improve it by learning these strategies that I've done 3,000 times in the last decade, and we can help you transform your own health on your own pace by going through this course. So check it out. Talk with you soon. Bye for now.